Welcome to the Planted Podcast. The mission of Planted is to share inspiring stories of founders and visionaries who are planted in completely new places with the renewed purpose of their lives. And I'm your host, Damon Moon. Today we have Sean O, oh, the founder of Regular Coffee. Welcome, Sean. What's up? Today I want to hear more about your stories and You've had quite a journey moving from one place to another, and you, you also moved around a lot growing up. So I want to hear your stories as well as share that with our audience. Before we dive into that, can you briefly tell us about your coffee shop? Hey world, Interweb, my coffee shop. So I'm in Toronto, Canada, and my coffee shop is called The Regular. It's a multi-roaster concept coffee shop. Um, so I select um, coffee from the roaster that I like, and we call it specialty coffee shop. So it's kind of new wave of coffee in terms of roasting style and kind of service style. I have a liquor license, so I have a little bit of a wine, sake, and beer program within my shop. Mm. So, where is it located in Toronto? Uh, it's been in the west side. It's called Junction. The area called Junction kind of west end of Toronto. I'm assuming that you were closed physically during the, the COVID-19 shelter in place. Can you tell us a little bit more about that situation and how you managed that? I didn't want to close, first of all. I wanted to remain open as much as I could. Yes, definitely. Yeah, but people start going back home. So shops starting to become kind of empty. So I decided to close you know, one day I was like, okay, this is not making sense at all. We're just standing here spending money to sell a couple of coffee. That's how it happened. You know, just one weekend. Okay, I'm closing this weekend. And that was it. When I think about coffee, coffee is essential. It's, it's, a, it's a necessity. And I don't think we should, because of the coronavirus, I don't think we should stop drinking coffee. And I believe you have the same perspective. Yeah, uh, can yeah. you share a little bit about your transition into online? Yeah, that was, yeah that, was, uh, that was actually a pretty exciting. It was almost like a mission that, oh, okay, how am I going to keep selling things? I just ordered a bunch of coffee on that week because, um, you know, the weather is starting to getting better. And then so business was getting better at the end of the winter. I was sitting on a lot of coffee and a lot of beer. And those are all perishables, especially coffee doesn't have longer shelf life for me to serve. So okay, what am I going to do this? You know, set, let, I have to sell this. So the last remaining employee, Devin, um, what about making a Tumblr? It's like, what, Tumblr? Are we on, are we on early 2000 Tumblr? And then, so basically we made a Tumblr page saying, thank you for supporting, we're closed. And then second post, coffee by the gram. So we're selling the coffee in a Ziploc bag. Email us or DM us and linked, linked our Tumblr page into my web domain that I had, uh, rglr.coffee, and posted on Instagram and Facebook and posted on my wall for, for people to look at it. And no, not the wall, like front, shop front. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly enough, people were, because uh, you know in the beginning, people were stacking up supplies and probably coffee was the kind of first thing they realized, shit gotta get coffee uh so luckily a lot of people ordered i i was able to um sell all my stock coffee stock pretty pretty quickly 
So this was just the coffee beans. So yeah, coffee beans. So people had either an espresso machine or they had some kind of a grinder to serve coffee at home, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, a lot of places already, I think a week or two before I was closing, um, a lot of people starting to working at home. So it seems like oh, they were, they, they were um, getting a lot of coffee from places. And most of my regulars wanted to support me and... So starting to getting beans and after I closed, um, you know, obviously they needed coffee beans. So they started to buy coffee. Mm -hmm. So I kind of see the demand of the market, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't sure because I am kind of new business. Um, it's one year today. Congratulations. Yeah. One year of business. I reopened first of June last year. Mm. Anyway, it's only one year, so I wasn't quite sure how this online and my neighborhood um, seems pretty less young in terms of like use of social media and stuff. A lot of Facebook people, a lot of Facebook group in community, not not so much Instagram or like you know for, further newer social media. So I was having trouble with my Instagram. Oh yeah, I posted on the Instagram. You didn't see? Oh, I don't have an Instagram. That was uh, that happened a lot. So yeah, I wasn't sh- old. That makes me feel like I don't have an Instagram. I use Facebook. <laughs> You're old. You're old. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so I wasn't sure, but I was able to sell coffee pretty quick through that two-hour website. <laughs> so I kind of gained confidence in terms of switching it to e-commerce. So I decided to open a web store. And luckily, my liquor supplier, because all the restaurant closed, their wholesale account stopped ordering. Um, so they wanted to circulate their stock, but the wholesaler is not allowed to sell single bottles by legal law of Canada. So they wanted someone to sell for them, which is a licensee, you know, um, like restaurants. And my supplier kind of suggested that um, what what if we collaborate and I'll give you a good term in terms of pay payment. Um, what if we start a bottle shop together? So that was pretty quick switch over within a few days. Like so a- what's the breakout between coffee and liquor in terms of volume? I mean, coffee is much cheaper than liquor. So I, I guess it's really hard to compare revenue by revenue, but like, do is it like 80-20 coffee to liquor or is it like 50-50? I think this particular period of time, I would say it's pretty similar. It's very interesting that yeah. how, how you married completely two different concepts, uh, liquor and coffee together under the same umbrella. Um, it'll be very interesting to see if uh, Starbucks or Pete's will notice this trend that it's, it's the same crowd that drink coffee and also drink specialty liquor. Mm. Yeah, I think I'm kind of unique category of this cafe. Um, well, it's not, it's not a new idea. A lot of cafe has a um, liquor program. Well, I'm a coffee shop. I'm a coffee shop uh, at the core, but I appreciate all other beverages in, uh, in same appreciation of taste. So I had to get the liquor license, which... Uh, became 
almost like uh, my lifesaver of COVID-19 period. Sean, can you tell us a little bit more about the events? You mentioned about the events that you had uh, maybe before COVID. Can you share with the audience a little bit about the events and how you're planning to reopen that? So that's a little fun project, Thomas, um, that we did. Uh, We call it a SIPT, you know, sipping wine, sipping coffee. Um, So me and my step, uh, we're talking about, oh, maybe let's throw a party first well, let's do a little event as a testing a pop-up and let's get really experimental because we still think our taste of coffee and beer and wine is still very different from what general public um, likes for example a lot of people who are listening to this podcast probably would think okay coffee i want that bold dark coffee but our coffee shop is not about the dark roast you know, you burn, you burn the bean, you lose all the uh, flavor profile of the coffee. We don't like that. We like light, well-developed, all the flavor, all the complexities in there. The same, same conversation happens within beer community, wine community. We are like, okay, this is what we like. I'm not sure my, my clientele will like this kind of um, things. So let's call it a pop-up pop up as almost like a safety blanket of we can be really experimental, really different. And then if it fails, like, Oh yeah, it's pop up. It's one day we're going to change. Mm. So anyway, so first pop up, let's call it a sips. And then we drove to the brewery there. They were very small, so they don't, they didn't even deliver to uh, Toronto. So we drive, we drove out, visited a brewery, talking to the people and like, okay, we really love your beer. So we started as a beer pop-up with a beer special, beer that we brought in. And that was pretty good. A lot of people, a lot of beer people came out like, yo, you guys bring this to the Toronto. Awesome. So mm. Okay, this is kind of, this format kind of works. So we... So you were attracting people who were not customers of the coffee shop, but, you know, people who love beer. And to yeah. come into your, your, your shop to, to drink that particular yeah, Exactly. Beer. So our, um, our theory about this pop-up, we need these items to serve regular basis, but we don't know how to collaborate to our clientele and we wanted some sort of feedback. So, I mean, I mean a long, long time ago, I think you recommended me uh, Lean Startup, mm. the book, Lean Startup. Yeah. So that book, concept of Lean lean startup really kind of stay within myself so when i was approaching to new liquor program i wanted to start smaller which is pop-up format with a little less volume of order things but i got quick experimental um, startup and get feedback and readjust and bring it back so basically we did series of one day pop-ups adding layers of different drinks. So started with the beer pop-up and a month later we did a wine pop-up with the beer that we already have. So after the beer pop-up, we keep selling the beer that we already bought and maybe order a little bit more and then, okay, we have a beer now. And then a month later we did a wine pop-up with the beer we already have. We kind of selected for that night kind of wine the beer that could be a good pair with the wine that we will be serving. So we kind of selected a few and with the beer, but wine pop-up. 
And then after wine pop, wine, beer, and papo, we were keep selling wine and beer. And then a month later, we did a sake pop-up with wine and beer. <laughs> so you kept, kept adding more uh, different types of liquor and yeah. still sell the existing ones with beer. Yeah, exactly. But because um, I already are sitting on the stock that I had on that pop-up. Mm. I'm not going to, well, I can't drink it, but I'm not going to drink it. So we keep selling it. Um, and, you know, kind of from the information that we gained from the first pop-up, we readjust our program a little bit. Okay, these guys are great, but logistic doesn't make sense. What's better logistics or people seems like really into this type of beer or this type of wine, but my clientele, this air neighborhood doesn't seem to vibe with like super cool new natural wine that younger people younger crowd like right like excited about so let's take it out put it back put new things you know little adjustments and but layer by layer so that purpose of papa was to do do to do that mm. right so yeah, let's do layer by layer by calling a pop-up so yeah um that was well, that's I, very exciting i i would love to see that come back soon in the toronto area meet people in person and have that experience together. Uh, I think that's very different from, even if it's the same liquor, just sipping by yourself at home. So I think- Yeah, so yesterday was another sips. We call it a sips bottle shop pop-up. So I basically opened my front door. So yesterday we opened for, for one day, for four hours, like till noon to five um, and did a sips pop-up bottle shop and sold a lot of bottles and coffee mm. so that was great and people were excited to see my my shop open again so i kind of gained uh, confidence yesterday so sean what is your favorite cup of coffee that's a really tough question um my favorite cup of coffee is a coffee that is in front of me when i really need it that's my favorite cup of coffee um, oh, in front of you a coffee in front of you when you really need it yeah, Can you describe exactly. your favorite combination of coffee? Like where the beans are well, from, how okay. it's roasted, uh, or like how I, it's dripped? Do you have that like method of a, this is the coffee that Sean likes? Do you have yeah. that? So I love Ethiopian coffee because Ethiopian coffee has a lot of fruity notes and tea notes, uh, which is quite different than coffee from the coffee that I knew before I started loving coffee, which is dark coffee that you have to put cream and sugar um ethiopian coffee very bright a lot of berry notes jasmine note which is kind of different um there's a lot of complexity and you know good balance um so i really like ethiopian ethiopian kenya yeah so i like african coffee because um, those characters are there and ethiopian is where coffee originated so i feel like this is original yeah in paper filter because paper filter filters a lot of things and it, it yields very clean coffee that is perfect to reveal um, the complexity, the subtlety of coffee. So I like Ethiopian in paper filter. Nice. How many cups of coffee do you drink a day? I would say two coffee in the morning and after lunch. Yeah, two, two is enough. Mm-hmm. Do you also have a favorite 
sake brand? It's changing all the time, but um, his name is Shuhari Matsumoto, and their sake is so amazing. They're, I think they're in Kyoto, and this guy used to be a DJ and super, super kind of interesting person. So the brand but, is Shuhari? Yeah, Shuhari. And yeah, if you come to my Instagram, um, at rglr underscore coffee, um, there is a post about this webinar that we did a couple of weeks ago. And their sake is pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Sean, thank you so much for joining today. And thank you for sharing your stories. Thank you for inviting me, um, listening my gibberish. I hope uh, someone get inspired by my story. That'll be, that'll be amazing. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Thank you, Damon.